Welcome back to the WRSU crew. With the football season on life support, at least in the fall, there are a ton of unanswered questions about what comes next for Rutgers football, for the Big Ten, for all the other fall sports, and even more. So here now to try and give us some answers is our good friend James Cratch of NJ.com. So in the span of less than a week, the Big Ten went from publishing this revised schedule, saying that we plan on starting September 5th, or September 3rd, and Kevin Warren saying, right now I feel good about the protocols in place. And in the span of a few days, we went from that kind of optimism to almost the entire conference getting ready to pull the plug on the season. So what changed between then and now for such a reversal in sort of the mood around playing football in the fall? Well, I think, I think the, the biggest issue has been, one, I, I think this is all coming from a, you know, we've, we've said since the start of the pandemic the university presidents, the chancellors, those were the folks that were going to make the call in the end. And I just think that kind of naivete, ignorance, whatever, the fact of the matter is that, you know, the situations like the outbreak at Rutgers, you know, the Northwestern having a scare with a positive test, the Indiana player who has had some significant health issues, you know, recovering, uh, the threat of, you know, as we learn more about the virus, the threat of cardiac risks, um, I think a lot of the, the medical professionals, you know, look, the Big Ten is a league that's a, it's a research-based league. You know, these are major research institutions, major major academic powerhouses. They have medical experts who are saying this is probably not safe to do, in their opinion. They're going to listen to those people. So I just think it's it's a situation where that this is a decision that they make it tomorrow. Um, it probably could be done, could have been done a month ago, but now they are finally kind of – accepted all of the the information and they're going forward so then i guess my follow-up question is big 10 commissioner athletic directors they've all been in touch with both the medical experts and the university presidents and i'm sure that this skepticism has been building for a long time so i I guess my next question is why would the big 10 release a schedule if they there was already some momentum to cancel the season you know, I think it, they looked at it as just a sim- simple situation of you have to plan, even if you don't think it's going to work out, you know, you need to have a plan at some point. And I would say that, you know, the Big Ten was the first league to come out and say conference only. They were the last league to actually come out with a schedule. So I think that Dave's there. They would argue, hey, we've always been kind of apprehensive. We've always been kind of skeptical. But at some point we knew we had to give ourselves a schedule to at least give ourselves the chance to move forward. What is sort of the holdup now from a formal announcement from the conference? Is it getting the last couple schools on board? Is it fears over other conferences not falling in line? What's the holdup? I think I think the Big Ten wants to kind of I want to see if the other Power Five leagues will go with them. I think the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to operate with a united front. Um, I think that if the Big Ten cancels, the Pac-12 is going to cancel. Those are schools that those are the two that, that in terms of you know. Off-field ideology, academics, they're the most closely aligned. I, I think the big question now is I don't think the SEC is going to go quietly into the night. I think they're going to want to wait out. You know, They have their plan that they're going to bring students back to campus and wait to start the season at the end of September and see you know, how things evolve. I think the Big 12 and the ACC are the places they're kind of on the fence. And I think the Big 10 and Pac-12 are probably trying to sway them over because they would look at their strength in numbers, obviously, going forward. And it's easier for – Four leagues say they're not playing, and for two. But I, I think it's all just that. I, I'm sure it's also negotiations with 
T, you know, TV partners. I'm sure it's looking into the idea of, of loans, bridge loans, financing. But I think they're just kind of wrapping this decision up because they want to have all the questions answered as many as they can uh, when they get to that point. That's an interesting point that you and I talked about off air. Um, the biggest source of revenue in this season, if it were to be played, especially with limited to no fan attendance, would be that TV revenue. So how could that potentially be restructured? What kind of money could Rutgers and other Big Ten schools be looking at still getting if the season's either pushed to spring or canceled outright? Well, I think the biggest question that we really haven't answered yet is, you know, these TV partnerships are not one, two years. These are long-term deals, and they're always going up. You know, you know, ESPN, Fox, they never pay less money for Big Ten football the next time a contract negotiation comes around. They pay more. So I think that step one is going to be and I would also argue that ESPN, Fox, they're just as much in this big business of college football as the Big Ten and the universities. So do they sort of go together and say, hey, we're going we're gonna to give you guys some money up front to keep the lights on, you know, keep everything running. But down the road, we're, we're looking at maybe extending this contract with some favorable deals or, or maybe getting some, some new perks involved. You know, I think the other thing you have to watch is, Whereas the Big Ten might have that relationship with its TV partners, the TV partners might have the same sort of issue with their advertisers. You know, if you're a big you know national advertiser and you have a deal with ESPN, is your deal of such a long-term nature that you're still going to pay up and keep ESPN whole, knowing it's going to potentially come back around to you at the back end? And if you're a smaller advertiser, do you really want to get out of line and get your money back and then have to pay a premium to buy back in in the spring? I also think I have my doubts that spring football is a feasible thing. If I had to guess right now, I think there's a very good chance that there's no college football until fall 2021 uh, in the major conferences or most of them. But that being said, there's not a lot of TV inventory for ESPN and Fox to play in April and May. So a Big Ten football game probably is going to draw better ratings and make more money than an NBA regular season game or a baseball regular season game or even a hockey playoff game. So that being said, is there even more money in the spring potentially for this one-off, and that's how these schools are going to stay afloat. What makes you skeptical about playing in the spring? Is it the quick turnaround time? Is it the virus? I'm curious to see what your thinking is on that. I think it's the virus. I think it's a quick turnaround time. I just, you know, It would be one thing if – when I think when we started talking about the idea of spring football very you know, back in March, April, I think the idea was, okay, maybe we'll get to a point where we just get through this cold and flu season and they can, you know, they can start training camp after Thanksgiving. They can kick off January first, you know, and, and even then, you know, it would be obviously more arduous than spring practices te- te- traditionally are. But even then, you get the season done by mid April, uh, you've got some time to, to you know prepare and still play a normal fall season but if you're not going to kick off until March I just don't see how you're going to play two seasons like that it's just not safe I think you're gonna have guys opt out you're, you're gonna have guys go to the NFL which I don't think is that big of an issue but you're gonna you're gonna be bringing you know early enrollee freshmen who didn't play high school football season because of the virus and try to throw them out on the field I just don't think that's manageable so if the schools were going to say, hey, we're going to play a, a six-game spring season and a 10-game fall season, I'd say, okay, maybe this is possible. But if they want to play two full seasons in a calendar year, that's just not going to work. 
And if there's no spring season, how would eligibility be handled? We saw back in the spring, the NCAA more or less left it up to the schools. Some schools gave their spring athletes an extra year. Some said, sorry, don't have room for you. How could we see the NCAA potentially work around that? Well, I think that it's going to be similar to the spring situation. And I think that it's going to be a point where if the athletes are guaranteed the year of eligibility, which I have to imagine, you know, um, then it might be a situation where if a guy graduates and gets his degree or his four or five years are up, there might not be a spot for him. But obviously for other guys, there's going to be a spot. I think it's going to be kind of a – I don't think it's going to be a blanket situation. But, but, but then in college football, the winds of change are kind of whipping college football, the idea of players unionizing and NIL rights and all that. So I think it's a little bit too early to say that. But I would expect the basic is going to be the NCAA is going to do what they did in the spring with the spring sports and go from there. Does – not having a first season in 2020, and let's be honest, even if Rutgers were to play this 10-game season, most people would expect that they're probably not going to win more than one or two Big Ten conference games, given that he's dealing with a largely talent-deficient roster. Does it sort of benefit Shiano in the long run to not have that year zero drag on his record and go into the 2021-2022 class with a fresh slate? You know, I think it's kind of hard to say. Um, I've talked to people who've said both sides of the fence. I see both arguments. On one hand, yes, I think it, it certainly helps Rutgers that they're not going to have to go through a 1-9 and nine or an 0-10 Big Ten-only schedule. And they maybe have a better chance to kind of keep that 2021 class intact. On the other hand, though, I don't think you can just recruit your way out of this problem. And there's a lot of you know young guys on that roster that – Greg has never had a practice, spring practice with. He's never really had a summer practice with. And he can't just get rid of all those, you know, those guys, you know, there's been no time for them to see that the writing's on the wall, that there might not be playing time. He needs those, that group of guys to either kind of play their, you know, improve and play the, become contributors or get to the point where maybe they, yeah, they do move on and they make room for his, for his own guys. So I think it, it hurts Rutgers in the sense that they just got to go play football and get better. And, that opportunity is not going to be there for him right now. And my final question, just to sort of wrap this all up and shifting gears to what the next big question is going to be for Rutgers fans, and that's what's going to happen with college basketball. We saw John Rothstein and a couple others uh, t- discussing preliminary reports that both the Big Ten and the Big East and possibly other major conferences are considering some sort of bubble solution for basketball if the situation with the virus doesn't improve. Is that like, I mean, given how much money the NCAA and the conferences would lose from two seasons of no college basketball, let alone football, could we see something like that potentially play out down the line? I would be, the the, the vibe I'm getting from, you know, sources I talk to is that there's a very good chance the Big Ten might shut down all sports through the end of the year. And if that happens, I think you're going to see college basketball season pushed back to January 1 probably in a conference-only format. Um, I don't buy the bubble argument. I, I just don't think it's feasible. And frankly, you have the same issues you have with football. These guys are not paid professionals. And I just think you you can kind of create a bubble. And, and, then, but, and the other issue, too, is that you can just do a bubble by having only the athletes be on campus. But again, these universities don't seem to want to go that far. So I don't see the bubble happening. I mean, we all hope that we can get to a point where we play hoops, you know, at this point. But 
I just don't see a bubble happening. I do think they're going to push it back until January 1 and try to reassess. The one kind of, you know, I think positive basketball has going for it is even if we had a 15-game regular season before a March Madness, I, I think that that obviously wouldn't be ideal, but it's a lot easier to find a way to jam a basketball season in than to jam a football season in. That was James Cratch of NJ.com discussing the latest news regarding the Big Ten's potential cancellation of the fall season. Coming up, we'll be talking NBA restart with my co-host Ronnie Walenta. It's the WRSU crew on 88.7 WRSU-FM, New Brunswick.